What's up? Welcome to the Part-Time Rockstar Podcast, episode 49. Today with my guest Aaron Yieldhall, otherwise known as Scribe, with a K. Uh, he came on the podcast to talk about his new stuff the other day. Um, I'd say he's a pretty prominent figure in the local Annapolis area music scene. I first met him at a brewery a little while back and was impressed with his voice and what he's able to do as a solo act. In any case, he describes himself as a garage folk type singer, and I'd definitely say he's got more than a dash of country influence in his voice and his songs. He just released two new songs, uh, one called Big Old Buzz, as well as a John Prine cover of Spanish Pipe Dream, both of which you can find on Bandcamp and Pay What You Want, or I believe they are free as well. Um, as always, feel free to subscribe to either the podcast or subscribe wherever you like to listen to music. It uh, always helps out. And of course, if you're in a band and you got new music coming out, feel free to hit me up. It's always possible we can do an episode. But uh, other than that, thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting local music. And hopefully this episode finds you well. So without further ado, episode 49 with Scribe. for when we're recording man <laughs> uh, i'm recording so whenever you're ready oh, we're uh, recording now are we going are we live uh, we are not live now <laughs> no. oh, you, you uh, go, do you go live as well i'm working i tried it the other day um on somebody's band page or maybe they went live and yeah. it was pretty fun because they had like a butt ton of followers so yeah. everybody could could get into the chat and like start asking them questions and um so that was pretty cool i don't typically do it just because most people don't have that many followers per se yeah or they just don't want to do a live interview but uh yeah i mean if people want to do it i'm usually open to trying it um i just don't yeah, it's cool. i mean it's like there's so many different ways you can do it, right? Like, there's no one way to do it. It's like, why not yeah. do it this way this time and do it different yeah. way next time? But, uh, yeah, it's it's definitely fun for the fan interaction. But yeah, I'm, I was um, listening to your episode with uh, Soul Tribe. Uh, what was yeah. the guy from Soul Tribe? What's his name? San Antonio. Anthony. San yeah. Yeah, his name's um, Anthony. Anthony. And you were talking about that a little bit, about the... Have, some bands have like a group associated right. with their Facebook page and some bands don't. And exactly. that's something that I, I have ignored that. I've just, that's something that I've never like, it's like the last thing I need in my life is more Facebook interaction. Exactly. <laughs> it's, like, it's the one thing that's going to guaranteed ruin my day is looking at Facebook yeah. too much, you know? But then somebody hits you up and it's like, Hey, can you play this gig? And you're like, yeah. Oh, Facebook is cool because I got a gig out of it. And there's people that see your announcements about shows and they come out and it's like, it's valuable, but it's also the worst thing that the devil ever created is Facebook. It's horrible, you know? And I, I, I avoided doing the Facebook group thing, but then I decided, I guess when this like shutdown pandemic thing started, I was like, I noticed a lot of the bands that seem to be doing well have a Facebook group, you know, like the Bump and Uglies have a Facebook group yeah. and it's like uh, sharing things and talking about shows and like street team type stuff and it's like, maybe I should try to make one of those, but I, I think I need someone else who knows how to do that kind of stuff better because I'm just like, hey, look at this cool 
picture. Uh, I, yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't really. Yeah, know, I mean, I'm not passionate about social media. Yeah, I don't know if you heard me and Anthony kind of talking about it, but basically, it sounds like Facebook has more or less like relegated people's regular business and band pages to the bottom yeah. of the feed now. So, like, even if you have a million followers on your band page, like people are gonna, they aren't gonna see it anymore. And yeah. so Facebook's pushing this group thing. But I guess on the bright side of having a Facebook group is I've noticed people who do have fans like Ballyhoo or whoever, they uh, the group becomes like self-sufficient. So you don't really have to post anything in there yourself if you're the band because the fans will kind right. of do that for you. So yeah. I think it just depends on how big your breach is, I guess. You know? I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm joined a bunch of groups of like bands that I'm really into, like I'm in a couple yeah. Pearl Jam groups. I'm in a couple John Prine groups. There's like a Sturgill Simpson group, and it's really cool because you and like I'm even in like like a I'm in a couple like art groups too, like post like silkscreen poster artists and stuff like that. And it's yeah. cool to see like merch. It's like somebody has merch from a tour ten years ago, and they yeah. have it in mint condition and they throw it up there and then everybody like jumps on it like I need that. You know, it's like. <laughs> So I, I'm just not at that. I don't have that like those amount of followers where like I don't know what to do with my Facebook group if I had yeah. one. So I started doing things like I would leak, I would leak some artwork for a T-shirt or leak a song and ask for feedback because I figured the people that are in my small group really give a shit about the music. Otherwise, they wouldn't have clicked yeah. that group. And it's a small group, but. Everyone in there, I feel like, is, are the people that come out the shows all the time. And they, if I put a new thing out, record, T-shirt, they're the first people to buy it. Yeah. It, it's, so it's, I don't really know what to do with it. Maybe I, one day I'll be able to hire a social media person. But there's it changes so quick. It's like now everybody's uh, telling me I need a TikTok. I'm like, <laughs> I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Like, I don't, um, like, what, put it in selfie mode and do skits every morning after my coffee? Like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> It's uh, yeah. but you know anything about that? You talk to a lot of musicians. People have been telling me every musician needs a TikTok right now. Like, what do you what do you do you think? Have any opinions on that? Or <laughs> well, personally, I just know the software company is owned by some conglomerate in China and has a lot of back doors on it. So I'm just afraid of it for that reason. Yeah. But the data um, is being like bought and traded freely. Yeah, it's a little sketchier on the backside of things than maybe even the normal Zuckerberg stuff. But on the well, flip like, side, it, I know people have grown their fan bases fast on TikTok. So what that's was it? A positive. Old Town Road, Old Town Road, like was number one single in America for like what eighteen weeks or something? Probably way yeah. bigger, longer than that. And. It was all from like the dance around like the TikTok, and th yeah. that's what I read is that it, he used he figured out how to crack TikTok to promote this single, and he's like a genius for doing it that yeah. way. And it was the number one song in America on charts and everything. Like uh -huh. just, it is the most popular song in America. And then the guy on the skateboard yeah, drinking the one. cranberry juice. Sing it, yeah. lip sync to um, Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> that goes viral, and then that album, which was recorded in the '70s, is now the number one album in America. It's like yeah. it seems like TikTok is controlling the music industry, which I don't. I mean, that's it's cool, but at the same time, it's like you're talking about things like these back doors that are like it's kind of like sketchy, and it's like seems to be like a bunch of people doing selfies, but I kind of admire the people that yeah. crack the code and figure out how to make it work. For yeah, them, I mean, but... at the end of the day, I think it just depends what you want and the amount of self-promotion you want to do. I think the main podcast I listen to for stuff like that is like Howie's of Ballyhoo, and he I always have... talks about yeah, but, yeah. He talks just about how the latest and greatest thing is always going to be the thing that gets pushed to the forefront. So right now, what's if the hot the, thing is Tales from the Green Room. My friend it's, Adam Almany records with Howie, so I've been yeah. meaning to like subscribe, like tune into some of his stuff. And uh, I, yeah, I mean, everything besides, tells me, oh, Howie's Howie's cool. I gotta check him out. Like I, I'm really late to the game, but like 
it seems like a really cool dude, and I gotta subscribe to that. I gotta listen to that podcast. He talks yeah. to like different ba- people from different bands about stories from the road and stuff like that. Is that what it's like? Is that- yeah, but then he also talks to a lot of industry people, and he shares like pretty much all of his advice from any aspect of playing music you could think of, whether it's recording or whether it's marketing or whether it's any of that. So most of my suggestions in a lot of ways just come third hand from listening to him because he he does far more promotion than I ever will. And uh, I think that he's, I, I think he's right. Like the newest, latest and greatest thing. If you can sign up for that and you've, feel like using it it's most likely going to be the most successful thing because that's what the kids jump to it's like i need to hire i need to hire like a 16 year old kid to just do all that stuff for me. <laughs> i don't like i mean what every day you got to down you go go to the app store and see what like the trending app is and like now i gotta yeah. do this yeah i don't I know though song and i i shouldn't be trying to write a song i should be making a great tiktok account yeah, but then the other part that he says and that I've heard from other people as well is just stick to one or two. Find one you like and just stick to it because you can't feasibly be one person on five different apps trying to like talk to all these people and respond to their comments and doing that all day long because like you said, you'll never, yeah, you never like, live your life. On, someone on social media like will will share like, oh my God, like... Uh, uh, Harry Styles. Is that a person? Harry Styles? Uh, sounds very familiar for some reason. I'd... Harry Styles liked my post and they showed a screenshot yeah. on Instagram. It's like, yeah, that's the intern that works for him that liked your post. Like, I don't yeah. really think he's sitting there sifting through 9 million interactions and like, ooh, this girl from Glen Burnie, Maryland seems pretty cool. I'm going to like her. But it's weird. But But you get this like dopamine drip from it where it's like, Oh my God! A celebrity liked my profile, and it's like, does it mean anything? Like, we yeah. like we worship that stuff. I mean, when I put out like a new single, you you're even though I don't give a shit about things like clicks and likes, you're you're back at there's some like primal section in your brain where you're like, how many likes did it get? You know, like yeah. and, and that's what you said earlier is, I think when we first started touring and playing, Facebook was like, you would post something up and all your friends would see it. Everybody yeah. that opted into your page would see that. Mm-hmm. And so we were like, oh, this is a great resource for a musician. Yeah. And then at a certain point, maybe it was like four or five years ago, it just was like, you, you, you throw something up on your page. I have, I don't know, couple thousand followers on my Facebook page. If yeah, I, I think throw, you got a lot. If I throw up like a new single on there, it, it'll show, I can look at the statistics and it'll be like, yeah, like 300 people saw this because it wants you to pull out your wallet and yep. swipe your card and pay to access the people that opted in to follow you. I know it's crazy. And they want, they so. want to see your new stuff. And it's like, so like we're, we're in this weird thing where we're like worshiping and uh, like, if you if you started a new band tomorrow, are you gonna like? I gotta make a logo. I gotta make a write a couple songs, and I gotta make a Facebook page. It's like you think like it. You have to do it. It's it's integrated so deeply into like being a musician. Like we have yeah. we have to have a Facebook page, but it's not really like I guess it is. It's like it's not serving you as much as like you're serving that thing i don't know it's like really it's it's like a constant conversation that comes up i guess and uh it's 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 really annoying because like i find myself being like oh i'm having a great time i'm hiking around the mountains in virginia and then i'm like oh i gotta like get on facebook and like (laughs) answer this person who's asking what time the gig starts tonight and it's like i really wish you know I really wish that wasn't tethered to that, but at the same time, it's a great resource. But I don't know. Yeah. Off on a tangent here. This is the Facebook hour, right? Yeah, man. It's uh, your hour, really. Whatever you want to get into, whatever you want to talk about. Um, well, here we are on Facebook. We're using Facebook to do this yeah. too. So maybe Zuckerberg's going to shut me down. And it's like uh, somebody's going to come in here and put a noose around my neck and like pull me off screen. <laughs> 
Yeah, um, Epstein style or something. But hopefully you're um, hopefully you're not up to any nefarious behavior uh, worthy no! of of anything like that. <laughs> what um what episode are you on right now? So you might actually be fifty. I'm on like forty eight, forty nine. Oh, cool. Um, so yeah. Um, if I didn't mention it off the bat, like I said, I'm I'm Brett. Um, I kind of started this just before the pandemic hit, so it's been a pretty good resource for talking to people, you know, over the last year or whatever it's I, been. Great, great time to start a podcast, right? Like if you can do it remotely. Yeah. Um, Brett from the Hollow Truths, right? Are you still? Yeah, that like, is also my band. Yeah. Yeah. You guys still going? Yeah, man. Putting out music videos, recording songs. and I like um, your artwork. I like the... Yeah. You gave me a... Well, I think I played up at um, Inverness. Jailbreak. Or Inverness, Jailbreak. yeah. Inverness. Do you live up towards Inverness? Like Hampstead or yes. whatever that is? It's about half an hour from me. I used to have band practice over there all the time. Um, but I'm kind of near... It's a beautiful, brewery. It's a yeah. beautiful place. Yeah. It is. So I've seen you play a couple times um, at various breweries, I feel like. So uh, that's probably where I dropped off a sticker. But uh, yeah, yeah, man. I, I And you asked me, I feel like you asked me about the podcast then, but it seems like also like too long ago. Yeah, I, I don't uh, think I had started it yet. Well, that's cool, man. What inspired you to do that? What inspired you to make a podcast? Like It was Howie, actually, of... <laughs> Of value, really? listen to his, because he, I mean, like, he, like yeah, he was just saying, he yeah, he was just saying on his podcast, he's just like, do it, just try it. If it doesn't work, whatever, you can throw it away. But chances are, you know, if you have people on and you're like-minded or whatever it is, it'll be a, a fun thing to do. And it's actually been really productive on yeah. the front of kind of just getting to know people. Um, I don't know if I sent you an invite to again a facebook group for the podcast i know but with with that my like my long-term goal is to try to actually get people together on a semi-regular basis to play um so cool. uh like for I think the, more, the more you do the bigger that group gets and the um something you said uh yeah have you recorded with howie because i heard he's like he's like an engineer too right he's all he's a yeah. he's like a man of many hats right like oh, he yeah. does a lot of- I, I have not i've actually been trying to get him on the pod but um i know do you know cody of the harbor boys i don't know if you ever met yeah. him yeah. i know he's been recording his new album with howie like over the last few weeks yeah a good friend of mine adam almany he kind of kind of stopped playing for a little while had some family stuff going on but then he's recently in the last year or so started getting back out and just like I got all these ideas and I'm trying to put them down and everyone everything he puts out is like a different genre it's got a completely different feel he's doing some stuff with Howie and some stuff with other studios like um, I was like you should come up to Sweetfoot where I've been recording stuff I have a really good energy with Shay up yeah. at Sweetfoot and Shay is like, he knows how to use all stuff, but he's not like married to any specific idea. So if you go in and mm. say, let's make a song with so- like frozen sausages today, Shay will be like, all yeah. right, let's do it. Like, <laughs> it, it's, and Adam, I think Adam was telling me when he went in there to record one of the songs for the, it's like, you know, like that sound of like brushes on a snare drum, like in like a jazz yeah. song, like a Nora Jones song, you hear that like washy brush on a snare they put flour on their hands and into like this really nice large diaphragm microphone like did like this and it Hmm. sounds like that and then it's just in an artistic way it all comes together because adam's three-part harmony is like in the foreground and then there's all this weird stuff like subtle things in the background and but then but then you go to the next adam almany track and he recorded with Howie, and it's like, I want to crack open a Corona and sit on the beach right now and listen to yeah. this. And it's a completely different vibe, but it's all Adam Almany and his lyrics, and it's, like, beautiful. It's so cool that, like, I really like when an artist does different stuff. Yeah. It's just, like, I feel like you, when you listen to an album, like, that goes 
hills and valleys. It's got like a really cool feel yeah. to it. And you're like, wow, these guys do a little bit of everything. That's always been like kind of admirable. I've always thought that was kind of admirable. You know, you, it was like in the early 2000s, you would buy like a, you know, like a, trying to think of a good reference here, like a, you know, yeah, there's like a Deftones album and it's like, yeah. The whole thing is like heavy, loud, but then there's this one like ballad, and that's the one that goes on the radio, and like yeah. you're like, oh, but it's it's kind of cool that it's like the you go see a band live and you want a specific energy, and maybe those crack a Corona songs are great for like party time when it's summertime, but then there's also these songs that are like maybe I'm sitting in front of the fireplace and I'm drinking some wine, and this song just sounds exactly like this yeah. vibe right now and I appreciate artists that can do all that stuff and uh, I don't know I'm on yeah. Adam Almany but he's recording some stuff with Howie and he tells me about those the process of like what they do there mm-hmm. and it's crazy because I was like oh who's playing the xylophone yeah. and he's like I think that was like a patch or something I think that was like added in post by Howie it sounded like a person playing like it sounded like I was like, wow, okay, so I got to check this guy out. Like, he's this is some crazy stuff. Like, I, it sounded like a bunch of people in a room playing a song, but I think Adam went in with his acoustic guitar, and then Howie made everything else. And I was like, that kind of blew my mind. I was like, this yeah. is crazy. But um, it's I got to follow that podcast. The, um, so, yeah, Tales, Tales, from the Green Room. Tales from the Green Room, yeah. He's got a lot of good stuff in there, for sure. It'll get you fired up. Get out there Ooh, and create something. <laughs> but uh, so yeah, you're saying Sweetfoot Studios, and that's in uh, Annapolis, or oh, uh, it's in Easton. So Easton, you, okay. You leave Annapolis, yeah. you go over the Bay Bridge, like towards Ocean City. It's about halfway to Ocean City. Yeah, and I'm familiar. Uh, Rise, Rise Up Coffee, like originated there, and they have uh, um, that's where they roast all their beans, and yeah. that was kind of like when I first started recording with Shay, I was like, oh well. Rise Up Coffee is like a block away. Yeah. Get all the coffee I want, like while we're working on the album. It was kind of like a little tipping point. It was like, because, you know, it's an hour drive every time we go up there. And then if oh, you're yeah. uh, the fiddle player that I was playing with moved to like Virginia, and it was going to be three and a half hours for her to get to the studio. And it's like, mm. you know, that's not the thing you think about when you're like writing a song. You're like, oh, this, yeah. is, this would be cool to have fiddle on it. And then you're like, oh, somebody has to drive four hours there and four hours <laughs> back, eight hours in the car. So like, yeah, that's insane. And then you show up and you play fiddle for like an hour and then you leave. It's like, there's all these like things that come into play where you're like, that's kind of like difficult thing about getting over the bridge. But I've noticed that like, um, Sometimes you just go, I, I can go up there by myself and work on stuff, and it turns out great. Shay, the engineer there, plays a bunch of different instruments, and on a lot of my tracks, it's like acoustic piano or bass or guitar. It's Shay's actually playing that, and it's, he's thinking about the songs in like, from a bunch of different angles, and it's yeah. like, I don't know how your brain works, but this is crazy, because I never would have thought of that. Like, it's super, yeah. it's super inspiring, and then... Then what he does like gets me thinking about something else, and then before we know it, we have a song, and we did every just us two like did everything on it, but it sounds like there's like six or seven people in the studio, but he's got like that golden ear, and he's his band is called Pony Bones. I think they have a SoundCloud, yeah. um, and if you just put your headphones on and listen to that, it's like this indie. It's almost like. Reminds me of like Vampire Weekend with like all acoustic guitars like in a jazz setting. Mm. It's like a, it's, there's so much like nuance in like everything revolves around that like quietly played acoustic guitar and you're like there's so much room here. This is amazing. It's just it sounds so huge. Yeah. If you stack a bunch of instruments, you stack like 20 instruments. It's weird because you'd think that would make it sound huge, but. But the more you put in there, the more full it sounds. The mm-hmm. less you put into the mix, there's like all this empty space, and that's kind of like where that reverb can shine, and you sound like you're in like an auditorium or like a stadium yeah. or something. So it's, he's really, he's Shay is really good about like knowing 
what's too much and what's yeah, yeah. like putting so, down yeah if you if you're like hey I want to put flour on my hands and make it sound like a snare drum he's gonna be like yeah, yeah. do it let's go fifteen thousand dollar microphone and we're gonna go pull up open a bag of flour you know like I, so I, is it- I, I everybody should go record a song at Sweetfoot Shay's gonna make you sound awesome that's my that's my TED talk. Anyways. I'll give him a, yeah, I'll make sure I give him a shout out in the uh You should check it out. In the it's, Instagram. So He did a string uh, single that like was on WTMD. He um he did there's some like Peter Whitaker like just broke like a million streams on Spotify. He records at Sweetfoot a lot. Um Brothers Keeper did some stuff there. Uh Contavious Jones um, there's a lot, like, it's really weird. I was looking at, like, WTMD, their, like, countdown of, like, the best songs of the year. Yeah. And I think, like, there's, like, ten of them were, like, recorded at Sweetfoot. And I'm like, this is, it's cool. It's like, uh, yeah. this is, like, a, this, it's, it's just, like, you, you, if you have, like, your song, if you have a demo, and you're like, this needs a little bit more, it's like, I, I like the lyrics and I like the melody, but I just don't know where to go from here. Shay's going to be able to like in one day be like, oh well, this we could do yeah. this and this and this sounds like holy shit. This is <laughs> I can hear this on waiting for my mocha latte at Starbucks. This is like yeah. that. It's just that acoustic vibe that's just so warm and refreshing and huge at the same time. He's just like a master of that. But I would I wanted to talk up to Adam about maybe doing a song with Howie because. Um, I need to I need to like write a reggae song in order to like I don't yeah. know no but that's it the way it is these days in, in the Maryland scene yeah right? and it's all because of Howie and I guess bumping uglies for the most part Howie they Valley's from Maryland or no yeah they're from Pasadena or Harvard they, Grace or something like that okay and they um yeah not Pasadena I've mixed that up um they're up up ninety five a little ways. Joey Harkins from Pasadena. Right, that's <laughs> true. Pasadena's oh. from Pasadena. Yeah, um, but it's I'm actually on the Pasadena line. Like okay. I'm in Severna Park, and the house I grew up in, I could like, you know, I could go like this, and I'm in Pasadena, and then this, yeah. I'm in Severna Park. You know, it's <laughs> like, yeah, <clears throat> I was like right in that line, and. uh I always, I always liked that band name, like Joey Harkham. Before Joey Harkham band, it was Pasadena. Yeah. Some different, some different boys in the, like different artists in the band. Yeah, I actually had him, uh, had him playing in in the backyard uh, not too long ago. We had a little Oktoberfest. It was pretty cool. He got oh, out really? there. Yeah, that's cool. So, um, I think those. He's, he's like my favorite lyricist. It's like yeah. whenever he writes something, it's like I should just quit playing music right now because <laughs> because I don't know what I'm doing. It's like he's like a young Johnny Cash or something. Like everything he puts down, it's like, oh yeah, that's the way that you should say that thing. Like <laughs> that's I don't. The world doesn't need me to write lyrics. Joey Harkum <laughs> exists in this universe, you know. Yeah, well, we all put our own spin on it. Um, True. Personally, man, the song that comes up on my playlist a lot. Uh, me and my uh, fiance really like that song, "Partner in Crime," that you do. Oh, really? Yeah, that's probably the number one one that we listen to of yours. But really? you got a lot of good ones. Yeah. It was weird when we were recording that song at Sweetfoot. I just had this feeling that, like it, like I've been playing with Jacob Panic, the banjo player, a lot. Mm-hmm. And we were doing duo gigs, like where we'd have like a three hour gig and I would throw songs at him that he had never even heard before. And I'd be like, I don't know. It's in E maybe. And then we just yeah. one, two, three, four. And he's like, so he's such a great prolific player that he can just, even if he doesn't know what's going on, he can play in a way that like he it looks like he knows what he's doing while he's figuring out the song. And then in like the second verse, he like comes in hard and yeah. people, the listener doesn't know that he's never heard the song before, but then he's like, 
it just looks like a dramatic effect when he like drops mm-hmm. drops into like on the one or whatever. But it's just him like, oh, I figured out the song in one minute while it was happening, while I was playing along with it. And it blows my mind because it takes me like four months to learn a song for a wedding. I'm like, oh, you want me to play your wedding? Oh, yeah, give me four and a half months and I'll learn that chord, the three chord progression with like John Mayer's song. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Um, well, you got to sing, that, though. So that's a little harder. A little more words to remember. So back to partner, partner in crime. I had been playing around with Jacob a lot and I was just fascinated by his style and like his skill. And then we had like been working on that song and kind of stopped messing around with it because that was at uncle Ben's studio bass mental and he had a baby on the way and he was kind of like, I'm not sure if I'm going to keep recording in my basement, might renovate it. And so it was kind of like the song was like the drums were there and there was like some scratch guitar and some scratch vocal. And it was just like, kind of forgot about it because there's a bunch of other things going on. But at the same time, it's like, we'll get back to that. And then I think at some point we're like, Hey, can you send those stems over to Sweetfoot? And if Shay is not opposed to this idea, or if, if, if you aren't, if like everybody's cool with it. Like if both studios are cool with it, like what do you think about just sending those, tracks that you recorded the drums to Shay and like we can just revisit it and I think it'd been like six months or something and yeah. I think Jacob Panic and I were playing a lot and he happened to like come in and put that banjo on there and that just nobody in like our circle of homies that was not a banjo song in the scribe set like when we'd play it it was kind of like electric guitars and like like, it had more of, like, a 90s alternative rock sound to it. Yeah. And then and then I heard Jacob just, like, do his thing, like, on the fly, like, his instinct. And I'm like, that is, that's, like, holy crap. It, like, gives this song, like, this whole different feeling, just having the banjo be kind of, like, the lead on it. And so then we added some fiddle and just was like, let's go gung-ho with the, um, if this is an Americana acoustic you know, old Crow Medicine Show vibe, like of just, it's, this is, okay, we're an old timey band playing at some wedding where everybody's wearing suspenders and stuff, you know? I don't know. It's like has that vibe on it. And then Aaron Snedeker, absolutely amazing cello player from the D.C. area. She put some cello on there, and it just came into this whole different, like, I think it was when ban- when Jacob put the banjo on there, it just started turning into, like, this different thing altogether, yeah. which is exciting. When you're in the studio and something, like, you get inside your head and you're like, no, it's got to go, go like this. It's really refreshing when somebody flips it the fuck upside down and then you have, like, a c- completely new ears on it, you know? And you're like, yeah. oh, this is this is the song now. And I always I find feel myself- like, like having... I don't know, 60, 70% of a song done before you get to the studio is kind of where you want to be. Right. Maybe 80, but then you have that like room for someone else to really help you, you know, put right. the pieces and you, together. And, and and it's important like to to be open. So like maybe things are yeah. going to things are going to change. Like my what's what the idea I have in my head is a loose idea because I've definitely been in the studio and I'm like, this is not how it's supposed to sound, but it's very valuable to just be like, Hey, let's just, here it is. Here's a little like nugget. Yeah. Do the thing and be open to that because that's where the magic happens is when people can be like free in the studio. Yeah. It's like, and everybody's just puts their little twist on it. And it just, it's like, cause, cause I get inside my head and I overthink stuff. And it's like, that's like your worst enemy when you're an artist. Right. It's like, don't overthink it. Just do it. This, yeah. this is this is music. This is music. You picked up a guitar because it was fun, not because you're like, eh, well, I don't know about that C minor chord. It's like it's yeah. supposed to be fun, really. Overthinking but, uh, or over. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, is that a song? You, you got to write that down. That's a song, man. I, I was thinking about writing a country song like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's maybe. like. Uh, 
You just have to wear all denim when you go into the studio to do that. Over yeah. blanking, over. Well, it, it's funny because like I write like kind of '90s type rock songs, if you will, and people are always like, "Oh, you should sing country, man," because you got that like baritone thing. And I feel yeah. like when you do uh, country covers as well, man, like you got that twang or you got that the depth to the baritone, you know that it's just uh, it's hard to achieve that. I, I don't know how long you've been singing, but it's hard it's, to uh, like it's hard to sing loud in that yeah um, range. Exactly. It's hard to practice in the lower notes. Mm-hmm. So I, I struggled for a long time where I thought I wasn't singing right until I found the right microphone. I got mm. this Audix, Audix Ohm 5, and it's got a real tight, like, I like to put my monitors behind me when I play live just because, mm. instead, like, it saves me at 20 minutes or whatever if I don't have to worry about buying a monitor and setting up a monitor if I'm playing solo. So yeah. I like to put my speaker somewhere behind me but so that I can hear it and and hear my whole mix. I want to hear what the people hear because I'm by myself a lot. Yeah. So I want to hear how how they're hearing it, but at the same time I my I want to hear like I want to be able to hear my vocals, I want to hear myself. I want to have like a monitor mix and I need a microphone that's not going to grab that speaker and you know it's it's not going to like feedback. So I found that the Ohm 5 Audix Ohm 5 is a really great mic and it really has a good response for like that lower baritone voice that's yeah. like yeah. doesn't usually cut through like that doesn't cut through in like a bar, you know. So like and I I'm, might, I'm also uh, a big text you for that link then or something for that mic. Yeah, man. So I mean, they're like 160 bucks, but it's a mm-hmm. really good investment. Um, the I also like putting a little bit of like, like a distortion or something on like a, a vocal effect so that cuts through a little better because like um, you put, you know, I think it's like the Strokes do it. Like when you listen to like a Strokes record. Yeah, they have that the really vocal, distinct sound on the vocal. Yeah, it almost sounds, it's not like an old radio, but it's like more like, a, it sounds more like a, there's a guitar yeah, pedal on it. Exactly. And and that helps it cut through. Like it it takes that signal and like yeah. I guess compresses it and like makes it crispy and it cuts through yeah. the mix better. It's a little more piercing or something. But yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, let's maybe kind of talk about your couple new new tunes here you got going, right? I mean, uh, you got a yeah. cover and you got uh, a new original. Is that accurate? Yeah. Um, so you got a John think- Prine cover? Yeah, man. I'm down to talk about this. Thank you for bringing that up. Also, I sent you the new... I sent you the wrong one before for Big Old Buzz, and I sent you the new one. Did you get that? I mean, not a big deal. They're pretty similar, but it was like a... Yeah. I mean, I don't have yeah. the most trained ear in the world. Um, I just listen to the song, you know what I mean? And like, if it's a good song, it's a I, good song. I hear you. The only reason that I'm being a stickler about it is because I put... I found a recording of my brother and I playing guitar. He passed away like three years ago this January. And every time it comes around to his birthday, I get like pretty bummed out. Mm. And I go back and I like look at his Facebook page and I look at his pictures and I like listen to like the times we jammed and like recorded it on voice memos. So, you know, like listen to like Bon Iver and yeah. like, but I found this recording that was just cracking me up. And it was uh, me and him just jamming and being like assholes, just being stupid. Yeah. And it was so fun. It was like I was like crying because I was laughing so hard. And I actually took a sample from that. Yeah. Um, I took. I sent it to. I was like, Hey, I know this track is already mastered, but Shay, can you like splice this little piece out yeah. of my brother and put it in there? And he did, and he kind of buried it in a way that sounds like he's in the studio with us doing it, and it just like meant the world to me. And it's the smallest little thing; nobody's gonna care. Yeah. Like nobody's <laughs> gonna notice. Nobody's gonna know what it is. But for me, I can't wait. Every time I listen to it, I'm gonna think about that. I'm gonna be like, yeah. "That is the coolest shit in the world." And uh, so we did a cover of Big Old Buzz. It's a song we've done a bunch of times, and um, we've recorded a bunch of times. But it's weird because, like, like I was saying earlier with Jacob Panic, you know, we recorded Big Old Buzz, 
And then I start playing with Jacob Panic, and then he's doing this thing on it, and I'm like, that mm-hmm. is how this song should sound. And then I start playing with Ginger Wolf, and he wrote his part to it. So it's like, I tour a lot as a duo. Uh, oh, yeah, that's awesome. I forgot you played with Ginger Wolf. That's cool. Yeah, so it's <laughs> yeah. like, Jacob Panic and I will go on the, on the road for like a week, or Ginger Wolf and I will go on the road for a week. He'll kind of like play some of his stuff, and then we'll play together. And same with it's it, but but then when we do a full band gig, like you know, sometimes if Jacob's available or if Ginger Wolf's available, they'll come out and we'll do it with like a drummer. And it's these tours that we did solo, we're playing like dive bars and stuff. He's like they're writing their parts that, that like every gig we play changes a little bit, it gets yeah. more tight, it gets more. They get you know, if you're playing at a bar with like five people in North Carolina, <laughs> no one's paying attention. You try some weird shit, and then you're like, "Oh, that's got to stay in there. That's really cool," you know. So, so then we we come around and we revisit the song in the studio, and I had Jacob and Ginger Wolf and Justin Kruger on drums and Uncle Ben on upright bass, and then we had Soren Matson from Mr. VCR come in and do like this. Just we're just like make distortion and make like a really just do just do weird stuff, and then. Shay is able to comp that all together, and so we've. This is like the third time I think we've recorded Big Old Buzz, but it's it's how it should be. It's like everybody that I've ever played with. Maybe we've never all been in the same room together, but we kind of pass the track around and let everybody do yeah. their part on it. And then what we have is this like really like really interesting mix, in my opinion. And we're gonna drop that on Friday. And in addition to that, we're going to drop this John Prine tribute EP. We nice. started working on this four years ago. John Prine is like, I was singing along to Illegal Smile when I was nine years old. I didn't know what the song was about, but I knew every word because my dad was playing it all the time. And yeah. It's just like, this is funny. And my parents are laughing at stuff. I don't understand what they're laughing about, but I'm <laughs> laughing along. And then, yeah. you know, get older listen to Rage Against the Machine, Nirvana, like pick up a guitar of my own, start learning some songs. And then I'm like, I start playing like bars. And I realize I, I just already know how to play a John Prine song. Cause I've heard it. I know the lyrics already. And then I dropped a John Prine song at like a bar and everybody loves it because everybody loves John Prine. Cause he's like one of the greatest songwriters that ever lived. Yeah. So, Anytime I feel like I'm losing the crowd, I would just pull out a John Prine song and everybody's like, this guy is great, you know? Yeah. So, so then the band has learned those songs. And, you know, if we have a good day in the studio, if we finished working on a song and we're like, oh, we have like another hour if we want to do something. We have all the mics on the drums. We have all, everything's plugged in. Hey, let's just cut one of those John Prine songs that we play live. Cause, and, so over the course of like four years, we ended up with like, four, five or six John Prine tracks. We kind of like put two of them. Eh, don't worry about those are kind of like, they need some work or maybe not the best. But then there's these four that are like, these, like, I don't know. It's like he passed away of COVID a couple months ago and it was really a bummer. Yeah. And it kind of made me think like, I wish I would have released this sooner, you know? And, but it's not like a priority. It's not like we need to put out a John Prine cover. <laughs> it's just like Bandcamp Friday is yeah. um, the first Friday of every month. And to help artists out, they're waiving those fees. So why not drop, why not drop some stuff? So yeah. we had a, we, we sent it over to Matt at Mobtown. Have you ever worked with Matt at Mobtown in Baltimore, the studio? Nope. Mastering did was really quick. And he's really good ear. He worked on, like, he's worked all over the world, like, in different studios. Like, I hmm. I think I shared a soul coughing video a couple weeks ago, like, Super Bon Bon or something. He's like, oh, I worked on that record. I'm like, holy shit, that's awesome. Yeah. So you, you finish a song, you send it to him, he'll put his, like, little finishing touch on it, run it through a tape machine or some, like, badass tubes or something, whatever he feels is the right thing to do. And he just gives it that extra, like, oomph. So we sent those John Prine tracks to him. He made them sound super crispy. 
They're really cool, and uh, we're dropping those on Bandcamp Friday as well as right the, the new big old. And uh, I guess if anybody listening right now, go to Bandcamp. Yeah. The first Friday of every month, and buy all your favorite band stuff. Even if you like, all my stuff is like pay what you want, free. You can download it for free. If you don't have any money, that's totally fine. I just want you to have the song. But Bandcamp allows you to pay what you want. So yeah. if you feel like you want to throw five bucks in there, go do that. It real musicians are struggling right now. There's no gigs, right? Like yeah. there's not enough gigs. So go buy all the scribe records. Go buy Hollow Truths records. Go buy Jacob Panics. Go buy Pony Bones. Like just on it should be like a national holiday, you know, yeah. like Band Camp Friday. But well I wanted I had a question for you if uh we have time. Time for what? I have a question. Do yeah, we go have ahead. time? Are we? Yeah, I mean, I usually run these things for about an hour. Okay. Do you? What do you think about Spotify? I mean, it's just a necessity these days. Uh, yeah. I feel like it's pretty cool overall. I mean, it sucks that you know the revenue or the payout is pretty shitty for most people. But on the flip side, I mean, the exposure is cool. I recently learned that you can check on how many playlists you're on for like people's playlists, like your friends or whoever adds you. And like, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of cool to see how it spreads or how it gets out there. So, well, I I follow your podcast and I was on a walk with my dog yesterday and like something I was listening to ended and I had my gloves on. I couldn't get into my, like, I wasn't going to go into my pocket and like, mess around with my phone and then your podcast immediately came on afterwards it just started up and i was like oh this is awesome and i like it's like that like i like that about spotify it's like it just like will serve you up like it'll just start it'll keep going it'll engage you like and i just wondered because i mean you're podcasting you've got 50 episodes under your belt is it useful for you like do you like spotify or do you is there something that you like more for podcasting or music or i don't know i'm well, just generally curious about it. yeah for music definitely spotify it's pretty cool because again it everybody's band seems like it's on there and i find so many cool bands through it because of the way the algorithm works you just play your favorite song and hit shuffle or something and it just spits out another artist that's very similar right. so that part's cool the playlists are cool uh but for podcasts i mean i actually don't even know do you I didn't know this podcast was on Spotify. I always listen to, <laughs> I listen to podcasts on um, Apple mostly, and then this is yeah. this is distributed by a, a podcast website called Podbean. So I know it goes to like okay. different platforms through that, but personally, I always listen to Apple for podcasts. I don't know why; just it's on my phone. So I got a Google. I got a Google phone. I got a Pixel, and yeah. I use Spotify and Stitcher to listen to podcasts. I listen to a lot of podcasts and just kind of go on long walks with the dog. And yeah. I'm not always listening, but I, I love just having, like, being a fly on the wall in a conversation. So yeah. I think it's super cool. I'm really excited to be on a podcast. Like, it's my first podcast, man. Thanks oh, really? for having me. Cool, man. Yeah. And, yeah. But, uh, Glad I'm to have you. some of the episodes. I didn't hear the Joey Harkin one yet, so I should go back and listen to that. Yeah, that was a that, that was a fun chat. That's actually the first time I got to talk to him, I think. So, um, were you doing these in person before you started, like before the pandemic stuff, shutdowns, and all that? Or? Yeah, I would say about 80 percent of them are video chat, but occasionally people want to come over or meet up somewhere, and like, right? I got the antibodies, so like I don't really stress it too much, but. It's more yeah. up to other people if they're comfortable, you know. I will but say, it was Soul Tribe. what's that? Soul Tribe's like from Texas or something, right? Yeah, so from, you're able to like dance from like yeah, all it, across the. It's pretty wild. Sometimes people hit me up, or sometimes I'll just drop into like um, a subreddit or a sub Facebook of like the the local music scene and just throw a bone out there and just see if people want to, you know, plug their shit or whatever. So that's cool. And I'm down in Texas a lot personally, so I'm a little bit more hip to that scene sometimes. So how did that come? Like, 
how did that come about with you reaching out to them or them reaching out to you, Soul Tribe? Like, have you seen them live before? Or? Uh, I think with them, they're just heavily, they're not reggae rock, but they're in the reggae roots scene, you know? And, yeah. and because of Marilyn being the way it is lately with all the reggae rock bands, like, I just kind of listened to them because of Spotify, probably. Like, they would just come into the playlist that way. So, I don't know. I think I just messaged them. I was like, hey, like your guys' stuff. You want to come on and talk about it? And Anthony, Anthony, I've kind of hit it off. I feel like he's always like excited. He's oh, like yeah. sending me his new stuff. He's like, all right, come on, we got to talk about this. So it's been cool. Yeah, it's interesting. I like hearing, um, I like hearing just people talk about like what it's like to be in a band right now, especially now because it's like yeah. unprecedented. Like, what is what is the music industry? And even if there wasn't a pandemic, it's like. What do I need a TikTok? You know, do I need a yeah. Facebook? What What do you do? Like, you have to, everybody represents themselves these days, and there's so much. There's so many different ways to do it, right? Like, there's how there's no right way. There's no wrong way. It's just like just do it, right? I don't know. Yeah, crazy. Well, I'm hoping like with this. I mean, it's been pretty simple, pretty convenient for the most part, and like it seems like a good way to organize and network people you know, together and get their music yeah. out in a more like, um, unified way. Um, you know, I, I obviously try to center on my friends and, and local bands, but honestly, whoever, you know, and that way yeah. maybe I can get their music out, you know, just a little bit farther, you know? So That's cool. did anybody comment on those questions that the posty put up? Um, unfortunately I don't think we got, uh, much <laughs> in the way it hits. I'm, kind of have to apologize for that i forgot to i should have posted that up a little earlier today but uh i'll check again and see if there's any thing. yeah i'm gonna look at it too like maybe there's some spicy stuff in there i don't know yeah again with the algorithm <laughs> with the algorithms lately it's like you don't even know if people see it i don't know man because that uh you got like what five thousand followers or something crazy so um, I don't know. Yeah, five thousand. Um, I think so. I don't know, but I have to pay. Like, yeah, if I, I would have dropped a couple of digital dollars into that post today, maybe we'd have got some interaction. <laughs> well, in the, <laughs> paid, I could pay fifty well, bucks, boost the post, and somebody be like, "What's your favorite color?" Well, yeah, you know, that's well, whatever. What I should have done. I normally I would. <laughs> I was a little busy today, but normally I would actually post something in the group or on your page or on my yeah. page. So if you want to come back on, you know, in the future sometime, I'll do uh yeah, I'll do a little bit more homework and we can make it a little more interactive with uh with people. Yeah, and I can do the same, man. I can like tell um, people, "Hey, tune in, we're going to do like a Q&A or something like that." I mean, yeah. It's cool just to talk. And I, I hit you up and you what the listeners should know is that I was like listening to your podcast last night and I was like, "I'm going to hit up Brett see if he wants to do something soon and he got back to me like within a couple of hours and said sure because i told you i had new music coming out very soon so yeah. i appreciate that this is a last minute thing and i don't think anybody was slacking it's just it was like hey you want to do something yeah last minute like sure so well, the video chat's not too hard if i'm not working so yeah we don't even have to drive have started, over each other's places have you started booking anything for the spring yet for spring or summer, like when everything's going to be outside again? Or for gigs? Music? Yeah, uh, a couple cover gigs out in the Eastern Shore. But um, that, I don't know. I haven't really tried too hard yet. I think Yeah. I think my major goal right now is probably to possibly put on some kind of music festival um, for the podcast and for everyone who's been on it. Because... Um, I think I have a location that once things wind down a little bit on the, you know, vaccination front, everybody gets a little more herd immunity or all that stuff. Um, whenever we're allowed to do things again, I really think that the, um, I'll be able to get some people together and, and make something happen. Um, there's been a lot of interest. You do like a live So. You do like an extreme thing, like, uh, Make it kind of make it a podcast episode somehow too at the same time or well actually you're, fr just, you're friends with Cavusi right I mean 
Um, oh yeah, man. Today. Uh, he's been I've noticed pretty good at his live streams. Um, so besides trying to get him on the podcast, I might have to ask him for some advice if I were to try to do that. Um, cause it would be cool to have everyone tap in, um, I guess locally on their end and then make the live, uh, stre- live stream, you know, on the page and like everybody gets like 15 minutes or something. That would be a cool idea as well, but you can go into the. I when I first started doing live streams, I was like calling Cavusi like every ten minutes. Yeah, how do you do this? <laughs> Please, like he knows how to do everything. Like he yeah. just he like when I say everything, I mean photography. Like he does his own logos. He like yeah. he, he like directs videos. He edits. He shoots them. He's like he runs yeah. sound. He like he just he's one of those guys that just knows how to do everything. Yeah. And. Uh, I was calling him constantly, like, how do I live stream? I don't know. And he's told me so many things, like, that I never would have even known. I wouldn't even have known what to put in Google if I was trying to do it. Like, I wouldn't even know the terminology to type into Google. Yeah. And he'd be like, how do I do this? And he's like, oh, so he was talking about doing maybe like a um, like a YouTube video or like a live stream where he explains for musicians that want to do a more professional live stream how like the technology works like OBS and things like that and it's like hey would people be down to pay five ten bucks to just like watch my TED talk or whatever and yeah. I think that would be I'd do it you know yeah. like I want to learn all that stuff um, the I mean he has when you watch him play his live stream he has like his logo like flies in yeah, and like circles around it's wild lands there and yeah. the tips come out like ooh yeah <laughs> but uh yeah he knows how all that stuff, man. He's like, he's, he's like a very. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, yeah. I'll probably get this edited up in a couple of days and get it out in the airwaves. I'll uh, put your songs in too, so people get okay. to hear them if they hear the interview, and uh, I will direct them to Bandcamp through the links and stuff like that. So. Cool. Man. Um, yeah. I definitely appreciate you coming on, just chatting for a minute. You know, yeah. Thanks um, for having me. It's really cool. I I'm uh, I was I was thinking about doing a podcast. I just haven't settled on an idea yet, but I dig it. I'm gonna keep listening to yours, and I yeah, I think it's cool what you're, what you're going you're going for it, and you're you got 50 episodes under your belt, and it's like super cool. It's like you can go and like I I'd never heard of Soul Tribe before. And now I'm yeah. like following them because yeah. I listen to your podcast. It's oh, that's awesome! A really cool thing. Yeah, and yeah. hopefully people so, may be able to find your music, you know, just randomly through this. So I hope so. I'm uh, gonna do. I mean, I don't know if you're still recording, but I'm gonna do a little. I'm gonna do a little product placement real quick. Uh, let me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you can really just send me the links that you want featured, yeah, and uh, I'll just do it that way. But I'll get a little cool. scre- screenshot here. We so. pressed 500 of these, and there's only like 75 left. So I just wanted to shout that out because mm-hmm. when they're gone, I'm going to press another one with a different music on it. So I'll just send you like that file or something. So yeah, just send me just that, cool. and uh, I'll try to push that on the episode. Cool, man. Well, well, hopefully uh, we'll get to chat again sometime. And uh, obviously I'll be texting yeah. you uh, this episode once I get it uh, together. Yeah, and I'll share it on all my bullshits and... Um, Sweet, shared on your shared on your bullshits. <laughs> yeah, if we got if we got some new stuff coming out or like something to talk about, I'll hit you up and we'll see if we can do something again. So yeah, man, cool, man. Well, thank you. Stay sane out there. <laughs> Stay sane, buddy. All right, dude. I'll talk to you later. She was a level-headed dancer on the road to alcohol, and I was just a soldier on my way to Montreal. Well, she pressed her chest against me About the time the jukebox broke Yeah, she gave me a peck on the back of the neck And these are the words she spoke Blow up your TV So yeah, I want to thank Aaron for coming on And thank you guys for listening to Sporting Local Music uh, Once again, Aaron's stage name is Scribe with a K If you're searching it on Spotify or anything like that 
He is a Annapolis, Maryland music native. Um, the song you're hearing in the background is called Spanish Pipe Dream, which just came out this Friday. So if you dig it, definitely go check it out. Other than that, have a good week. See you. No